Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. Finn's Chief Men With the coming of Finn, did the Fianna of Erin come to their glory, and with his life their glory passed away, for he ruled them as no other captain ever did, both strongly and wisely, and never bore a grudge against any, but freely forgave a man all offences, save disloyalty to his lord. Thus it is told that Conan, son of the Lord of Lucre, him who had the treasure bag and whom Flynn slew at Lrath Lucre, was for seven years an outlaw and marauder, harrying the fiends and killing here a man and there a hound, and firing their dwellings and raiding their cattle. At last, they ran him to a corner of Camlui in Munster, and when he saw that he could escape no more, he stole upon Finn as he sat down after a chase, and flung his arms around him from behind, holding him fast and motionless. Finn knew who it was that held him thus, and said, What wilt thou, Conan? Conan said, To make a covenant of your service and fealty with thee, for I may no longer evade thy wrath. So Finn laughed and said, Be it so, Conan, and if thou prove faithful and valiant, I will also keep faith. And Conan served him for thirty years, and no man of the Fianna was keener and hardier in a fight. There was also another Conan, namely MacMorna, who was big and bold and unwieldy in manly exercises, but whose tongue was bitter and scurrilous. No high brave thing was done that Conan the Bald did not mock and belittle. It is said that when he was stripped, he showed down his back and buttocks a black sheep's fleece instead of a man's skin, and this is the way that it came about. One day, when Conan and certain others of the Fianna were hunting in a forest, they came to a stately dun, white-walled with coloured thatching on the roof, and they entered it to seek hospitality. But when they were within, they found no man but a great empty hall, with pillars of cedar wood and silking hangings about it, like the hall of a wealthy lord. In the midst, there was a table set forth with a sumptuous feast of boar's flesh and venison, and a great vat of yew wood full of red wine and cups of gold and silver. So they set themselves gaily to eat and drink, for they were hungry from the chase, and talk and laughter were loud around the board. But one of them, ere long started to his feet with a cry of fear and wonder, and they all looked round, and saw before their eyes the tapestried walls changing to rough wooden box, and the ceiling to foul sooty thatch, like that of a herdsman's hut. So they knew they were being entrapped by some enchantment of the fairy folk, and all sprang to their feet and made for the doorway, that was no longer high and stately, but was shrinking to the size of a fox earth. All but Conan the Bald, who was gluttonously devouring the good things on the table, and he did nothing else. Then they shouted to him, and as the last of them went out, he strove to rise and follow, but found himself limed to the chair so that he could not stir. So two of the Fianna, seeing his plight, rushed back and seized his arms and tugged with all their might, and if they dragged him away, 
they left the most part of his raiment and his skin sticking to the chair. Then, not knowing what else to do with him in his sore plight, they clapped upon his back the nearest thing they could find, which was the skin of a black sheep that they took from a peasant's flock hard by, and grew it there, and Conan wore it until his death. Though Conan was a coward, and rarely adventured himself in battle with the Fianna, it is told that once a good man fell by his hand. This was on the day of a great battle with the pirate horde on the hill of slaughter in Kerry. For Legan, one of the invaders, stood out before the hosts and challenged the bravest of all the Fians to single combat, and the Fians in mockery thrust Conan forth into the fight. When he appeared, Legan laughed, for he had more strength than wit, and he said, Silly is thy visit, thou bald old man. And as Conan still approached, Legan lifted his hand fiercely, and Conan said, Truly, thou art in more peril from the man behind than from the man in front. Legan looked round, and in that instant, Conan swept off his head, and then threw down the sword and ran for shelter to the ranks of the laughing fiends. But Finn was very wroth, because he had won the victory by a trick. One of the chiefest of the friends of Finn was Dermot of the Love Spot. He was so fair and noble to look upon that no woman could refuse him love, and it is said that he never knew weariness, but his step was as light at the end of the longest day of battle, or the chase, as it was at the beginning. Between him and Finn, there was great love, until one day, when Finn, then an old man, was wed to Grania, daughter of Cormac the High King. But Grania bound Dermot by the sacred ordinances of the Fian chivalry to fly with her on her wedding night, which thing, sorely against his will, he did and thereby got his death. But Grania went back to Finn, and when the Fianna saw her, they laughed all through the camp in bitter mockery, for they would not have given one of the dead man's fingers for twenty such as Grania. Others of the chief men that Finn had were Kilta MacRonan, who was one of his house stewards and a strong warrior, as well as a golden-tongued reciter of tales and poems. And there was Oshin, the son of Finn, the greatest poet of the Gale, of whom there shall be more told hereafter. And Oshin had a son, Oscar, who was the fiercest fighter in battle among all the fiends. He slew in his maiden battle three kings, and in his fury he also slew by mischance his own friend and condisciple, Lynn. His wife was the fair Aideen, who died of grief after Oscar's death in the Battle of Gora, and Oshin buried her on Ben Adar and raised over her the great Cromlech, which is still there to this day. Another good man that Finn had was Gina, the son of Luga. His mother was the warrior daughter of Finn, and his father was a near kinsman of hers. He was nurtured by a woman that bore the name of Fair Main, who had brought up many of the Fianna to manhood. When his time to take arms was come, he stood before Finn and made his covenant fealty, and Finn gave him the captaincy of the band. But Magluga proved slothful and selfish, forever vaunting himself and his weapon skill, and never training his men to the chase of deer or boar, and he used to beat his hounds and serving men. At last, the Fians under him came with their whole company to Finn at Lochlena in Killarney, and there they laid their complaint against Magluga, and said, Choose now, O Finn, whether you will have us, or the son of Luga by himself. Then Finn sent to Magluga and questioned him, but Magluga could say nothing to the point as to why the Fianna would have none of him. Then Finn taught him the things befitting a youth of noble birth and a captain of men, 
and these were they. Son of Luca, if armed service be thy design, and a great man's household be quiet, be surly in the narrow pass. Without a fault of his beat not thou hound, until thou ascertain her guilt, bring not a charge against thy wife. In battle, meddle not with a buffoon, or O Macluga, he is but a fool. Censure not any if he be of grave repute, stands not up to take part in a brawl, have not to do with a madman or a wicked one. Two-thirds of thy gentleness be shown to women and those that creep on the floor, and to poets, and be not violent to the common people. Utter not swaggering speech, nor say thou wilt not yield what is right. It is a shameful thing to speak too stiffly, unless that be feasible to carry out thy words. So long as thou shalt live, thy lord forsake not, neither for gold nor for other reward in the world abandon one whom thou art pledged to protect. To a chief, do not abuse his people, for that is no work for a gentleman. Be no tale-bearer, nor utterer of falsehoods. Be not talkative, nor rashly censorious. Stir not up strife against thee, however good a man thou be. Be no frequenter of the drinking house, nor given to carping at the old. Meddle not with a man of mean estate. Dispense thy meat freely, have no meanness for thy familiar. Force not thyself upon a chief, nor give him cause to speak ill of thee. Stick to thy gear, hold fast to thy arms till the stern fight with its weapon glitter be well ended. Be more apt to give than to deny, and follow after gentleness, O son of Luga. And the son of Luca, it is written, he did these counsels and gave up his bad ways, and he became one of the best of Finn's men. Such like things also Finn taught to all his followers, and the best of them became like himself in valour and gentleness and generosity. Each of them loved the repute of his comrades more than his own, and each would say that for all noble qualities there was no man in the breadth of the world worthy to be thought of beside Finn. It is said of him that he gave away gold as if it were the leaves of the woodland, and silver as if it were the foam of the sea, and that whatever he bestowed upon any man, if he fell out with him afterwards, he was never known to bring it against him. Sang the poet Oshin of him once to St. Patrick. These are the things that were dear to Finn, the din of battle, the banquet's glee, the bay of his hounds through the rough glen ringing, and the blackbirds singing in letter lee. The shingle grinding along the shore, when they dragged his warboats down to sea, the dawn wind whistling his spears among, and the magic song of his minstrels three. In the time of Finn, no one was ever admitted to be one of the Fianna of Erin unless he could pass through many severe tests of his worthiness. He must be versed in the twelve books of poetry, and must be himself skilled to make verse in the rhyme and metre, the masters of Gaelic poesy. Then he was buried to his middle in the earth, and must, with a shield and a hazel stick, defend himself against nine warriors casting spears at him, and if he were wounded, he was not accepted. Then his hair was woven into braids, and he was chased through the forest by the fiends. If he were overtaken, or if a braid of his hair were disturbed, or if a dry stick cracked under his foot, he was not accepted. He must be able to leap over a lathe level with his brow, 
and run at full speed under the level with his knee, and he must be able, while running, to draw out a thorn from his foot and never slacken speed. He must take no dowry with the wife. It was said that one of the fiends, namely Kilta, lived to a great age and saw St. Patrick, by whom he was baptised in the faith of the Christ, and to whom he told many tales of Finn and his men, which Patrick's scribe wrote down. Once Patrick asked him how it was that the Fianna became so mighty and so glorious that all Ireland sang of their deeds, as Ireland has done ever since. Kilta answered, Truth was in our hearts and strength in our arms, and what we said, that we fulfilled. This was also told of Kilta, after he had seen St. Patrick and received the faith. He chanced to be one day by Lainey and Connaught, where the fairy folk of the Mound of Duma were wont to be sorely harassed and spoiled every year by pirates from oversea. They called Kilta to their aid, and by his counsel and valour the invaders were overcome and driven home, but Kilta was sorely wounded. Then Kilta asked Owen, the seer of the fairy folk, that he might foretell him how long he had to live. For he was already a very aged man, Owen said. It will be seventeen years, O Kilta of fair fame, till thou fall by the pool of Tara, and grievous that will be to all the king's household. Even so did my chief and lord, my guardian and loving protector, Finn foretell to me, said Kilta. And now, what fee will ye give me for my rescue of you from the worst affliction that ever befell you? A great reward, said the fairy folk, even youth, for by our art we shall change you into a young man again, with all the strength and activity of your prime. Nay, God forbid, said Kilta, that I should take upon me a shape of sorcery, for any other that which my maker, the true and glorious God, hath bestowed upon me. And the fairy folk said, "'Tis the word of a true warrior and hero, and the thing that thou sayest is good." So they healed his wounds, and every bodily evil that he had, and Kilta wished them a blessing and victory, and went his way. <laughs>